Rockford. Did I miss all the Amazon, you know, special deals? Let me go check. I have no interest in, you know, like it's such a wide catalog of everything. Mm. What kind of deals could I? Uh, It says here, new day, new deals. It's prime day. Okay. Well, I'll get your prime on then. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, it, it looks at what you've bought in the past and then recommends deals based on previous purchases. Fred, do you ever order anything on Amazon? Uh, yeah, usually coffee and light bulbs and, yeah. you know, that kind of shit. I, I like it. Same with stuff me. Stuff that I, I don't need to see. The thing is, I, I like it because... If I think I need something like, oh, I got to get some more peanut butter, I'll forget to go get it. But uh, with Amazon, what I like is that as soon as I remember, oh, I should get this, I can just order it. Same with coffee. That, peanut uh, butter? Really, eh? I, 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 peanut butter, paper towels, coffee, uh, supplements, uh, probiotics. It, is it uh, crunchy or smooth? Because you put it on your balls so um, Stan will, will lick it <laughs> off, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, I, what, I can't. Smoothie, smooth, smooth or, pe- or crunchy. <laughs> no, Dude, I, I've told you before. Stan doesn't like peanut butter. Mayonnaise is what we use. <laughs> you can get that. You're in an area where you can get stuff like in an hour or something, right? I get stuff sometimes the same day. It's ridiculous. Hey, a couple of weeks ago, I ordered some coffee and some light bulbs. Like at nine in the morning, and by four in the afternoon, it was it was here. But I live near one of the big depots here, yeah. you know. So, but yes, uh, it is still Prime Day, Dan. To answer any uh, right. questions, by the way, if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, what you're seeing is Dan Duran's sex lair. <laughs> that is Dan's leopard print. Is that your couch? Here's- Trailer couch. It's the, the trailer bench and the, uh, you know, I've done some renovating over the years. So, yeah, there's a little bench. Now, does that take... turn into a fuck swing at any point? Not a swing. No, it would be a bad bit it would turn into. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have you ever used one of those? What, a fuck swing? Yeah. That's a... Dan, you know I have one down in the basement. Okay. Is it good? <laughs> Poor Dan. You know, Fred, in, in, when it comes to improv, Dan just Dan just doesn't know where to go with it. Is it good? Yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> what I do is I, I use Sorry. it whilst I put mayonnaise on my nutsack. No, I'm, I'm a serious guy, I guess. <laughs> have you, have you, but have you ever used one of those things? Uh, I don't know. In your I life? I don't I want to be serious. Seriously. I, I know you were. Okay. No, I know. Have yeah. you, Dan? Have you ever used no. a, a swing? No, I've never. No. The um, Fred, you've uh, got swings across your uh, where you live. There's some swings in that uh, park, Parkette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every guy, have you ever came, have you ever gone over there by yourself and just tugged one out while, <laughs> late at night? <laughs> Take it for a swing. Yeah, I'm just reading here that uh, Amazon Day or whatever you call it, Amazon Prime Day. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's ripe for um, fraud. You got to watch it. For whatever level, I, I, I just skimming it here. You know, all the evildoers come out and try and confuse you on this day somehow. So just beware. 
you should always beware. But okay, you mean somebody phoning you or emailing <laughs> you, phoning or, you or ah. online offers yeah. and stuff seem too good to be true, and then, sure. you know they have the the Amazon. Prime graphics and everything, and you know, are the are vulnerable. So, so that's what you were doing while I was uh, trying to determine if you've ever gone into the parkhead and. Well, you guys were talking about Amazon Prime Day, and I just happened to be scrolling through stuff, and it said, "Beware on this day because scam artists." Yeah. I think that's uh, what it will be on Fred's tombstone. It'll just say uh, Fred Patterson and the date, and then it'll just say quotation marks. Always beware. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Just always be. Where? Uh, so while you were researching that, did you hear that we were talking about the sex swing or sex swing, or did you just sex swing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he and wants you, no you've part used of that. one then or no? Well, remember, I used to have one hanging off the tree at the trailer years. Oh, ago. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Did you we used use to it? call out the Vietnamese fuck swing, remember? Yeah. Vietnamese fuck yeah. chair, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? We can't uh, continue to do the pre-show. We have to actually start the real show. And let's do that now, Dan. Okay. Is your music playing right now? Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, there we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our Brampton facility with a pool, and from a lesser model trailer next door to a lake uh, with a canoe hanging from a tree. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who have made Wednesday the new Friday, which means Thursday and Friday are the new Saturday, and Sunday and Saturday is Sunday, I think. It's Humble and Fred. I go through periods of time when I use Amazon a lot, and uh, it's exciting. I went through a bit of an Amazon uh, run there sometime in late May and early June, where I was ordering a bunch of stuff as I remembered it, and it's kind of cool. I I know it's destroying the world and the economy. Hang on a second. I got to change something. I know it's destroying everything, and it's terrible, but it certainly is convenient. How Why is it? Trump's. Why is it destroying everything? What do you mean? Well, you know, Small some business? people think it's, yeah, it's, it's bad for business. It's, you know, taking away from, you know, individuals and uh, the overlord and Bezos and all this stuff. But, you know, you well, don't pollution go. Pollution, too. Pollution. Sure. But uh, the convenience of it, as you describe, you know, you can order something that day and it arrives. But I was going to say there is a bit of, um, and maybe this is where I'm heading with this. There's a bit of an excitement when you come home, or you you notice that the a no, there's a notice that the your package has arrived, even though the package is only paper towels, coffee, and peanut butter. It's almost like you're getting a present. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's a bit of a, do you know what I'm talking about? Like a little bit of a charge, a little bit of like, oh, something's here for me, even though I ordered it myself. Let me tell you a story. Is that yes? You relate to what I said. Yes. No, no. On that, uh, along those lines, mm. my dad worked 70, uh, uh, no, 70, uh, 47 years at Loblaw Grossetarias at the, at the warehouse. Yes. And um, what would happen, the guys would assemble orders and every so often a case of something would fall and smash. 
So there was a department called um, Damaged Goods. And I worked in it one summer. So these boxes would come in, and what you would do is salvage the things that didn't get smashed or broken, and then they would all go on these shelves. And what they did is they would box them up, uh, the women that worked there, they would get these boxes and take all different items, a selection of items, put them in a box, uh, tape it up, and then sell it to the staff at a greatly reduced price. Mm. And we used to call them care packages. And like every Friday, my dad might bring a couple home that he paid like two bucks each box. And it was that it was that feeling, Howard. We'd all stand around the kitchen table and open the box and see what was in it. Mm. And the thing is, the women that worked in the department really liked my dad, as everyone did. Mm. So they would say, Dickie, what, what's the kind of stuff you like? Aww. Right? So they would load it up with stuff for us kids and, and coffee and stuff, that his favorite coffee and stuff. So, yeah, there is a story from the past that sort of marries what you were saying. When you get those boxes, it's like a present. You, you know like when that? you go... Okay, thank you. Do you, you know, like that? You know, do you know when you go to the grocery store now, when you, know, when you don't order from Amazon? <clears throat> right. And occasionally, at the Sobeys where I go to, they have a, a thing there, usually during the holiday season, where it's like, for $10, you get to buy a bag of something yeah for poor people yes and it doesn't say what's in it no i'm not sure like what what if there's nothing in it what if it's just a big scam and because you don't you you you're the purchaser you never get to see what's in it Mm -hmm. you just assume it's beans and things i don't know yeah i i don't know howard that's a good question um but maybe in your case that wasn't damaged goods that was people buying the patterson's some poor people packages yeah of coffee beans and and the thing is there is you would assume there's at least ten dollars worth of stuff exactly but all that stuff sort of annoys me like if it's for sick kids or something it's like yeah but i honestly at uh, checkouts now i'm getting tired of when they I'm say, would you like tired. to add an extra $2 oh, yeah. for this and that? No, most, no. Or you'll do it. It depends. It's like if I'm at Sobeys and they ask, my question back to them is, does Sobeys match it? Ah, it's there like, you oh, go. I don't know. Or yeah. no, it's, you know, they're, they're sort of the, you know, their contribution is organizing, asking for the money and sending it to the charity. Sure but, it is. Which is fine on some level, but... Personally, I sort of get tired of that. Dan Duran, where do you stand on this? Uh, are you still stuck in the fuck chair discussion, or would you like to move on to <laughs> packages for the poor people? <laughs> would you like to contribute to? Do you? I bet you're. I, I, do you contribute to the poor? Because I know you only shop at Costco, right? And, and does Costco deliver? Does Costco have an Amazon style delivery? Is there any way you can order from Costco? Yeah, there is. They've got some sort oh, yeah. of side I've system there. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I've done it. Um, I, I like these f- uh, five hundred milliliter bottles of uh, Perrier. I just like them in that in those bottles. And again, environmental, environmentally unfriendly, and all that. Although I do recycle them. But the Costco stores, actual um, stores, warehouses, don't carry them anymore. But you can get them online. So I have them delivered every so often. Um, 
So Costco has a, uh, an online store, but they also yeah. have a delivery system that's sort of like a, a sidebar business that you can order stuff from. You've got to watch Costco, though. Yeah, you you know, there's some Costco, great though. deals on bulk, but there's other items in that store that are the same or more expensive than other places. It's very strategic what they do. You've got to watch yourself. Like, <laughs> you know, Dan, as it says on his tombstone, Always beware. Always beware. <laughs> Always beware. You know what it'll say on my pack, on my tombstone? Pa- damaged goods. <laughs> Here you know, lies damaged indicators. goods. I'm sorry? You know, uh, you've heard the term economic indicators. Yes. Um, the roast chicken at Costco is still seven ninety nine. Sort it? of a loss leader, draw people in seventy, which is a great deal because they're very good. <laughs> but I've been noticing over the past couple of months, bubble chickens, as we've called them on the show. Just looking at the price of those is a real good economic indicator. Like a lot of places now, they're thirteen and fourteen ninety nine. When originally or previously at Costco they were seven ninety nine, you might get them for like nine ninety nine or eight ninety nine or as. Uh, bubble chickens but they've skyrocketed and to me that's an indicator it's like okay so if that's happened what else and then i look to my renee's um blue cheese dressing and how that's, <laughs> yes no how that pr- the price of it has exploded like it's unbelievable these gouging bastards oh, yeah. don't ask me if i want to give two bucks to sick kids you give it you're taking it out of my pocket anyway you should get t-shirts made up that say always beware <laughs> I listen, man. I listen. I, you've got a lot of time to think about these things, and I respect you. I respect well, it's that. Just re- being responsible. What, is it? Well, to, yeah. according to you, I don't have that responsibility. I look at. I was just. I was just looking at the price of uh, the rotisserie chicken next door to me at BPC, and uh, a whole chicken over there is twenty one ninety nine. But it's delicious. And I'm oh, being yeah. listen. I'm being partly facetious, and I'm being honest at the same time. I don't look at the price of bubble chickens and have any emotional uh, contact with them. Well, okay, you're not aware of, uh, aware of economic or economic uh, indicators. I am. Well, I, and I, I, I respect. I respect. There's a place over here called Indian Delights. And what is really what, what's the milliliter bottles of Indian <laughs> Delights? What, what, what does that cost? No, a large butter chicken I would get that doll really likes a butter chicken and we would share it or whatever and like it was like 18.99 or something like during the winter i ordered it the other day it's 23.99 it's like and did you still get it yeah yeah i did reluctantly but well what what i see and, and again i partly facetious but partly uh with respect i say this you know if that gives you if that's you enjoy the process of noticing that and it does something for you. That's great. I mean, it must, it must because you do enjoy and you notice. No, but the thing is I can absorb that. What bothers me about that pricing is for the other people and the children. Well, my kids, Mm -hmm. because people's wages aren't going up that much. And I think a lot of this is engineering, and I think a lot of this is gouging, and uh, it just bothers me because okay. I think of young people. It's like, it's like, 
you know, any little luxury, you know, if you're a struggling young family of four and paying your mortgage and interest rates and mortgage rates are going up and everything and the odd little treat or something, even that, like, is going through the roof. It's, it's, I don't know. Well, yeah, and that's, yeah, it's terrible. And you're bumming should, me, and you're bumming me out, man. What should be done, Brett? <laughs> no, wait. That's terrible. But uh, what can we do about it at this time? Well, I, I don't know. Ask the prime minister who's never around or mm. never has much to say on the issue. Um, what I think there should be, I think there should be, um, and I've said this before, I think young families and certain levels of income, there should be, what do they call them, tax, um, uh, not rebates, but, you know, you get to write off five or six thousand dollars a year in groceries or whatever uh i i believe that at this point why not i mean today the bank of canada is going to raise interest rates again that's their response to inflation beat the shit out of the little guy that's the, that's their response and, yeah. we sit, and we sit we sit here at, at this we can absorb all this stuff but you know just think of all the people that have the burden economic burdens that we don't just think about that. That's their response. Raise interest rates. So now when you re- renew, renew your mortgage, it's five, four or five hundred more a month that people don't have. Like that's that's your solution. But the really? government did. The government did put in a grocery rebate that started oh, on July 5th. Of, yeah. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah, Lip okay. service. Well, it's going to help Dan. <laughs> that's, a, that's the bottom line. If it helps Dan, then it helps us all. What is hey, the term when you, on your tax? It, like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But overall. Yeah. Can we go back to talking about the fuck swing? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I got no, I have nothing, I have nothing to say to you other than, oh, yeah, no, no, that's no, no, terrible. Yeah, it's prices yeah. and the chicken mm-hmm. and the cost of this. But, uh, you know, not to get too esoteric, but, uh, you know, our, I'm sure our parents and their parents worried about us and the price of things and the cost of, you know, our mortgage, our first mortgage in 1992 was 13%. Somehow we absorbed it. I wasn't making very much money. Neither were you. And I know you've got an answer for that. I'm just saying that yeah. I'm trying to, there's no counter for what you said other than right. to observe that, you know, inflation was, uh, is under control. And the that, problem, uh, yeah. And that interest rates are way lower than they were when you and I, well, certainly when I bought my first house. No, but the problem is all the ratios are out of whack. We paid, you know, you might have a mortgage of seventy or $80,000 and you were paying higher. Now a lot of these kids have six and $700,000 mortgages and have no... Again, no I'm not saying this as a counter to you. Mm. I'm saying it's as, I don't know. No, it's just all the ratios are out of whack. That's, that, that's like that. I don't know what the cost of a bubble chicken was in 1992 when I bought that oh, house. Oh, it was a dollar yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, let me you're, look at my phone. No, no, you don't even have to look at your. You're the rain man. You're the fucking rain man of bubble chicken prices. Okay, I could, yeah, we can move on because it is. No, I, I want. No, I want to continue to go down this road of doom. Please, no, I'm just kidding. So that's what, when we get to the end of the show, people don't know this. What happens is sometimes Fred will say to me, what did we talk about at the beginning of the show? Because an hour and a half from now, we won't remember, but I've written it down. 
<laughs> I've written it down. What we talked about for 18 minutes was the, doom, the road of doom and bubble chickens. I know. And, you know, I've always been a free market guy and capitalism generally mm. in that system. But here's the thing. When the country was handed over to corporations in the mid 80s, you know, when we started to see all this convergence and monopolies, there was warning signs that we might arrive at where we're at today. And it's, sure. it's you know what? The chickens are coming home to roost. The, the bubble chickens are coming home to roost. Yeah. Meanwhile, James Cameron is selling his mansion outside of Santa Barbara. It's for sale. Uh, Dan, you can have the uh, director of uh, Avatar and the Titanic and Terminator. You can have his mansion, Dan, for $33 million. Let's put a pin in that for a second. Speaking of money, I didn't see Avatar 2. Did you see it? The Anybody, water thing? The water one. Did you see it, yeah. Dan? Yeah. Any good? <clears throat> uh, it's worth the... It's worth the uh, worth viewing? Worth viewing a bit on the big screen. Well, you got a big screen at home. It's I, I only mention it because uh, James Cameron uh, obviously directed that as well. That one just passed $2 billion, $2.2 billion in box office revenue. And um, so he's made some money. He's selling his uh, mansion for $33 million. It has a... Uh, it has it features a lot of things, including a 24,000 square foot barn where James says he stored his helicopter and tinkered on underwater vehicles. That's just the barn, which is a selling point for people who are sick <laughs> of building submarines and such in the clutter of their living room. <laughs> Fucking 24,000 square foot barn just for fun. Hey, what are you doing, honey? After dinner, I'm going to go out to the barn and tinker with my underwater vehicles next to my uh, helicopter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different life. I was reading recently, too, that Jim Carrey was selling his place. He bought it like 15 years ago for $12 million, and it's up for sale for like $26 million. And I often think when those guys are selling these places, where are they? Where are they moving? To? Downsizing. They're downsizing to. Uh, <laughs> it's like I'll tell you what James Cameron and Jim Carrey are not thinking about mm-hmm. the cost of bubble chicken. No, they aren't. And lucky them. Speaking of helicopters, this is weird. I'm just gonna. I don't want to. I just saw this on another. I guess I'm not sure. Whether it's a prep service or a, what do they call these things? On like a newsletter. Um. This on this date. Where is this? In 1957, Dwight D. Eisenhower, who would have been uh, the president while you two were born. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born yet. In 57, you weren't born yet? Well, you don't no, even know yet. when you were born. I know when I was born. When were you born? 58. Okay. On this day in 1957, Dwight Eisenhower became the first U.S. president to do this, which is ride in a helicopter. First one. Uh, At that time, deemed a safer, more efficient alternative to limousine motorcades. And the first thing, such a fucking weird thought I had was that was 1957. It's too bad someone didn't tell that to Kennedy, you know, only a few short years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He could have hovered above Dealey. Exactly. <laughs> they would have had to shoot him out of the sky. Anyway. 
Um, and yeah. uh, speaking of movies, uh, Mission Impossible, uh, whatever that's called, Dead Reckoning, Dan, or something, part one. Oh, it's a part one of it. It's a, a part part one. I just, yeah, oh, it, no. it's got some, I saw the trailer for it in a theater the other day and it looks amazing. I think it's one of those franchises. I think I've seen all of them. Not a hundred percent sure, but I will see this one. And uh, Tom Cruise, you know, as wacky as he is, he is, he's pretty well now renowned for being a, uh, an actor that does crazy stunts. And there's that stunt, I don't know if you've seen it, where he rides the motorcycle off a cliff, which right. he actually did, and then parachuted to the ground. Why? I know! Like, I don't get that. Like, why? He did it. Apparently more than once. Like, it's just... Again, he's always had money and lived the, you know, the privileged life. But that, that's right. again, that comes to mind it's like i have all that going for me and i'm worth all that money why do i want to risk that but here's the part like, of i mean forget about being killed i mean he could fall and break his something or whatever and be maimed in shitting in a bag for the rest of his life what good is all the money then exactly but the he, paying for nurses apparently well, he, fe- he feels it worth it's worth it what's that dan Oh, he's been, uh, you know, worth enough money for a long time to not worry about anything. He could quit and not worry about it. Sure. But obviously, oh, something slightly. else is driving him, right? And one of those oh, things, yeah. one of those things he does is stunts in all his movies. He and, loves that uh, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, in and what, this is the part that surprised, not surprised, uh, found it curious, is that his personal best opening for a movie was last uh, Top Gun, the sequel to Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. At $264 million opening weekend. So this one, I guess they're hoping will make more money. Maverick made $1.5 billion. Wow. By the way, the top of the top five movies of all time. Yes, please. James Cameron did uh, three of them. Titanic and Avatar. And Avatar Way of Water, yeah. I was telling Freddie before the show started, and uh, we went down the road of doom, that I, I just finished rewatching the offer now for the second time. And I did the exact same thing last night when it was over. I went and looked up trivia and statistics about The Godfather. At the time in 1971, the highest grossing movie of all time. If you don't know, Dan, I'm just curious what you would imagine the highest grossing movie of all time grossed in 1971 dollars. I know Fred knows this because I told him. But what would you think it was in seventy one dollars? Like in nineteen seventy one, what would the what would have at that time the highest grossing movie have grossed? I don't know, hundred million. Interesting. Why is that interesting? Because Paramount and Bob Evans previously held the record before The Godfather with Love Story at a hundred million dollars. That was the highest grossing one until The Godfather came along and in its, uh, I guess, first year or whatever, $135 million, which in 2023 money is $700 million. Like it was mind blowing at that time. Wow. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. What was the story there? Wasn't there a story about love story that Ryan O'Neill didn't want to do it or something and then ended up doing it and then he sort of muscled Ali McGraw into that role too because that was his girlfriend it was Bob Evans' wife he, she was married to Bob Evans 
Yeah. Who yeah. would later open a, a, a chain of restaurants. <laughs> um, and, and, and that movie was the highest grossing of all time until 1975 when a little cheeky fellow named Steven Spielberg opened up a movie called Jaws. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing, and I, we'll move on. This is like a palate cleanser from the bubble chicken discussion. The, the thing is that they did, and I, again, I'd forgotten in the movie, or sorry, in the series I was watching, Dan, but we're, we take it for granted. Like today, Mission Impossible will open on a Wednesday, which is unusual. But it, it, I'm sorry, it, it never used to be that way. But what they do with blockbusters, the whole idea of blockbusters was prior to The Godfather, they would only open a movie on a few screens. But one of the things that Paramount did and that sort of started this trend is they opened it on hundreds of screens. That was a big risk because printing the movie cost a lot of money. Right. So they took a big risk on The Godfather, which they opened uh, not at Christmas and not at a holiday, not a Memorial Day weekend. And that started this whole idea and, of course, continued with Jaws and then all the movies that came after. But it was the very first movie to open on hundreds of screens simultaneously. Which is why it grows so much money. Um, just before we leave uh, viewing habits and things we've seen recently, I'm, I was sitting up yesterday uh, there and I put YouTube on and I fell into a rabbit hole. I ended up on, it was a whole series of like 10, 15 minute segments on Karen's reaction, you know, that, that whole. Oh, yeah, the, the women being Karen's. Bitchy, yeah. Yes. Karen's. It's something else. Oh, yeah. Just you, you just think, like, who are these people? Especially when they're stopped by the cops and they have all these cameras and they think they're smarter than the cops. I was just going to say that to you. Just the way they talk to the cops. Like, oh, yes, officer. What about this officer? What about that officer? And they're just going, ma'am. That's my out. favorite series. Karen's getting arrested is my... Yeah. Look it up. It's I'm so know, funny. It's I've seen funny. a bunch of them. Karen's getting arrested is the funniest category of Karen's to me. <laughs> So me and Dollar sit there for like an hour goes by like that. And then finally I said, I got to stop watching this. I could sit here forever watching these women. I saw one where Karen was getting arrested. She refused to get out of the car and then she drove away. <laughs> no, I know. She drives away. The cop stops her again. She finally gets, he has to pull her up because she doesn't want to pay a ticket. Doesn't think she has to because she's a white woman and then gets out of the car and tases her. Yeah. <laughs> There was this one, too, where this cop stops her. She was texting. Oh, yeah. Like, and he had it on uh, on video. So he stops her, and he says, you know, and then she's pushing back. And then she puts the window on. He said, ma'am, roll the window down. Well, she gets on the phone, and she phones the police department to complain to management about the way this guy is treating her. Like, it was unbelievable. You have an office here right, right now, and he's treating me badly, and he's accusing me of something I didn't do. It was, wow. It's, I just did a quick search. You can do this, too, if you're listening. Karen gets arrested and tased. Is It's just, <laughs> there's so many videos. Oh, it's unbelievable. Discover you videos know, related to Karen gets pulled over and tased on TikTok. It's all there. And, it, and, you know, a lot of them. And then there's, like, video of, like, in fast food restaurants and everything. And you know a lot of it is tied to racism. It is. Oh, like yeah. They walk into a Chipotle or something or one of these fast food places. And it's and a Hispanic person uh, serving them. And what they say to these people. Yeah, and just crazy. the way they treat them. Like, it's unbelievable. Because <laughs> most of them are out of the states, of course, too. Oh, there, yeah, here's one where there's a woman. She's pulled over her car in traffic. 
and uh, then she's she goes over to the pylons. She's taking them away. <laughs> I know. So he's pulling the pylons away so that she can open up a lane in traffic and move over, and then she gets tased. <laughs> and what they do so a lot funny. of these Karens too, they think they know the law more than the cops, right? So they start talking about their constitutional rights, which like has no bearing whatsoever on texting while you're driving or speeding or whatever. Um, okay, and just before we leave uh, the movies and uh, Dan uh, and such, I uh, did see uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which, again, I think I missed one of the Indiana Jones movies. It's been 15 years. And I don't know, Dan, quickly look up what it made. Because I didn't get very good reviews. And it's a long movie, but I went anyway. Me and Buddy Dave went. And uh, I'll just say this. He's 80 years old. And, and as much as you can be, you know, don't want to be ageist or whatever. But Indiana Jones at 80 is just an 80-year-old man. Um, there's lots of cool special effects and car scenes and all sorts of stuff. But... Uh, did, did it seem weird? I, I saw a, a trailer version of it that had. Uh, he, he was he being chased through a subway on a horse. He's on the horse. He's on the horse. He's on the horse. Subway, yeah, and he's in the subway. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. At, at one at some points in the movie, they have to AI young generate him, whatever that is. You know, yeah. make him look like because there's some flashback scenes. Right. That's kind of cool in terms of the technology. Does it look good or does it? Yeah, look like it looks great actually. No, no. And now it looks like Normal. that's a young actor. You know, it used to look sort of off. But what did it make, Dan? Two hundred fifty-two million. Which is not a lot of money because I'm pretty no. sure it's an expensive movie. It probably make his money back, but yeah, it's two hundred forty-eight by Sunday. Here's what uh, here's what Al Pacino was paid for The Godfather. The very first one, he was paid $35,000. Marlon Brando was paid $130,000. Same with uh, Robert Duvall, who played, uh, what's, uh, what's his name in The Godfather? Tom Hayden. In the sequel, in the third Godfather movie, Tom Hayden, or Robert Duvall, was paid $8 million. I have only seen, I don't know if you guys, I've only seen Godfather 3 one time. I think uh, same with I. Yeah, the first two are great. The third one, they could have done without. Yeah. So there you go. Dan, Dan will you uh, be able to join us for uh, some Yeah, for some news yeah, and things? Some news and stuff a little later on. Yeah. All right, well, we look forward to that. I'll see if I can buy a sex swing on Amazon Prime. <laughs> you should see. Okay. You should see. All right, I my friends. I got on that, yeah. Well, listen, man. Now, here we go. Ow! We got a busy uh, next hour of our show because Paul Romanek's coming up here in a second. The Sherpa's going to be with us. Dan will be back. And Tim Daniels checking in from Italy. But first, let's take care of this business. Well, let's talk about Bodog. You know, over there at your Wimbledon, uh, sort of anticlimactic. They're in the semifinals now, and uh, Daniel uh, Medvedev and uh, 
Novak Djokovic uh, heavily favored to meet in the final, which I guess is great for tennis fans because, you know, they are the best of the best. And when you want to be entertained by a sporting event, you want the best of the best, uh, do you not? No. And, uh, that's the deal over there at Wimbledon. Tomorrow we'll take a look at the women, okay? Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. All right. You know, Fred, there's not one reason why people find themselves at Stretch Lab, uh, stretchlab.com in Toronto. Some clients are looking to improve their sports performance. That would be me. Some are looking to decrease, to decrease joint pain. Also me. And others simply just want a great stretch. All of the above. No matter what brings you into Stretch Lab, the benefits of a professionally assisted stretching routine are tremendous. Uh, if you have uh, muscle and joint pain, if you want to improve your sports performance, as I mentioned, you can increase your range of motion and flexibility. If you've never had an assisted stretch, this is really a unique opportunity. And and now it won't cost you very much, $59 for a 50-minute assessment and stretch. That gets you in the door. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to improve a lot of uh, things going on in your body. You will walk out feeling better. And isn't that, you know, something in this terrible world we live in? Stretchlab.com in Toronto, Adelaide, and Spadina. Uh, before uh, Paul checks in, uh, I got a nice note. We got a nice note from Lori Love. We uh, talked about it. It's funny, I talked to Lori Love's... Is that her husband? Or mm-hmm. part? Is, is Darren her husband or a partner? Oh, yeah. Which one? My husband. They were married in... Uh the year of our Lord, 2003. Were they? Yes. On a dock. Lovesick Lake. So, I was there. Fantastic. Mm. I think that was also... Was that also the weekend that Colton got baptized? Yes. So I was there that weekend. I believe it was the same weekend. It was. For some reason, I remember that because I was there for the baptism. And for some reason, missed the wedding. It doesn't matter. Maybe I wasn't invited. But I talked to uh, Lori Love's partner and husband last night. And he was unaware of the fuss we made about Lori Love. Oh, really? Oh. Mm. I said, what? And uh, he's like, anyway, uh, (laughs) subject line, you are sweet fellas. And Lori says, thank you for making me blush, smile, and then laugh, in brackets, stupid Curtis, with your kind words today, means a lot coming from you OGs. That's what we are. We're OGs. Original gangsters. (laughs) <laughs> X-O, Lori Love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got a, you know, there's a lot going through her mind right now, winding down a, a long career, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow, seriously, you know? Darren said, uh, well, we'll see. I said, well, is she looking forward to it? He goes, yeah, well, we'll see. Not everyone's, <laughs> how did he put it? He goes, not everyone's cut out, you know, to... Uh, you know, sit around every day reading and exercising and, you know, this stuff. <laughs> kind of basically describing all he does. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it'll be nice. I hope to hope to see her after. I won't see her for the little dinner up there when I'm going to be there. But because uh, no. that is going to be her last week. And then Darren's coming back oh. to the city for for her last broadcast. 
Oh, of course he would. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You would have to be there. I remember our last uh, show on the edge. Doll came down for that. Delise was there for that. Was Randy there for you? Although it was 24 years for me, so there was a little more sentimental attachment for me than you. I <laughs> well, I'm, what do you mean? You don't think by 2001 that Randy and I were sentimentally attached? To CFNY? The Edge? Oh, I see. Yeah, the, the end. Oh, I, I thought oh, you no. attachment to me. Oh, uh, no, I meant to the radio station, you know. No. Well, she would have, Randy would have been home with two little kids. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember. Our last show was at uh, Young and Dundas. Yes. Was it not? Yes. And ever there was a bunch of people in the studio. I guess Doll was there. I don't know if Randy was there. But a bunch yeah. of people came into the studio that day to watch us finish up. What a mistake that was. I know you get, uh, you get a face on about the mix, but I sometimes think about that and think, mm-hmm. that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mojo experiment aside, you know, we weren't that old. We were just, for some reason, in 2001, mm-hmm. they thought a 41-year-old, and at that time hadn't turned 44 yet, because mm-hmm. it was April, were too old to be the morning guys at the edge. Meanwhile, Stern's about 80 now. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time. Still talking to the same people we would have been talking to. God, we would have made it. So, we would have been making so much money. If they had just kept us there. We would have made. We would have made them so much money. Mm-hmm. Oh well. <laughs> okay. Is that, I love that. Okay. Oh well. Mm-hmm. I ran into a guy the other day. Really, really nice person. Probably in his late 40s, early 50s. No, he wasn't in his early 50s. Who just thought Blundell was the greatest. Didn't know I'd even done the morning show at the edge. He, here's how he, I said, how do you know? He said, oh, I've met Blundell. I said, oh, cool. I said, how did you do it? Through Psychic Nikki. Because he thought Psychic Nikki was somebody on Blundell's show. And I said, well, do me a favor. And next time you're talking to Nikki, tell her Howard says hi. And, so sure enough, he texts Nikki while we're playing golf. This is where I met this dude. And right away, she's like, oh, Howard and Fred and blah, blah, blah. But he had no idea who we were. None. Well, why would he? I don't know. It's eras. Era. You know? Era. It's time. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yep. The ideas of some turn out to be the burdens of others. Mm. <laughs> what? No, just uh, another addition to your tombstone. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was interesting. So he said to me, his opening line to me was, uh, what do you think of Dean Blundell? And I said, well, speaking of eras, I said, there was a time my answer would be completely different. And I said, my answer now is, uh, you know, different than it would have been. Even 10 years ago. And then we talked a little bit about the sobriety of both of us. And I had not, you know what I, you know what I did, you know what I did not, I did not have a, 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 a bad word not passed to me lips. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I just right. didn't feel like, you never asked me about Derringer. That I cannot, that I will not uh, hold back on. But yeah, with Blundell, I was like, ah. I just said, yeah, I said, you know, Dean had a really good run there and. Now I was doing Absolutely. a podcast. There's no, no question about it. Yeah. I said, made a lot of money for the station and good for everybody. Oh, well. <laughs> Is that going to be how we end every bit now? Oh, well. 
that one. Yeah. Um, Shit happens. I was going to save this for, I guess we're waiting for Romanuk here. I was going to save this for Paul, uh, but uh, I guess, because I don't know if you saw this. I have it here. Unless there's something you want to do here in the next two minutes. Well, I, yeah, I had a couple of things here. There's um, number one, the National Advisory Committee on uh, Immunization. Already now I see in the news they're talking about the recommendations for COVID shots in the fall. And I'm thinking, oh, whoa, here we go. Right now they're talking about people that are high risk. But generally in the fall, you should think about getting a COVID shot. And then it's like, oh, geez, am I going to do that? Like, I don't even want to think about it. But why not? Here I mean, we go. But but no different than the flu shot. I mean, no, I know. But, you know, the flu shot was just always just over there. Like, you know, take it or leave it or it wasn't an issue. And now what we've been through with COVID and having had COVID, it's like, are you going to get it? Hmm? Are you I don't know. Get, I, I am. Know. I don't know. I'll get I, it. I'll, yeah, I, yeah. I, by the way, I haven't got my fifth shot yet or whatever. How many shots have you had? Five? I think I've had five. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the fifth one because I got when I was supposed to get it. I got COVID last fall. And then never uh, caught up, but I'll go get it. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I'm going to I'll wait till the fall and then think about it. And then there again, the flu shot, maybe get that. What about shingles? So I, right now I need to get shingles, the flu, COVID. Anything else I'm missing? You don't keep continuously get shingle shots, do you? I've never had them. Oh, yeah. Well, I've had my... I've had my double shot powwow. But I've had shingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I wouldn't hurt. <laughs> what, all That's of those? For sure, I got to get all of them. those? Hmm? I got to get all of those? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are going to take the attitude, I had COVID, it wasn't that bad, so I'm not going to get the shots, and if I get it again, oh, so be it. I don't want it again. I'm not saying that's me, but. Yeah, I don't want it again. But, uh, yeah, here we, uh, it's going to be a discussion in the fall. You can bet your ass it's going to be a discussion in the fall. Well, you know what I do? Whatever Chris, uh, whatever Chris Sky says to do, that's what I do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, there's so much to talk about with him, our friend uh, Paul Romana. There's a couple things I uh, had put aside for you and I as well. One of them is the uh, merger of Post Media. I'm just getting myself ready here, but uh, let's uh, welcome to our program a longtime friend of ours. One of the original guest Freds, and of course, uh, one of the uh, finest play by play. Uh, Hockey guys ever uh, produced in this country. Yeah, that's right. I said it. He's also the host of the uh, Walrus Was Paul. It's Paul Romanuk, everybody. Good morning. Hey, Paulo, you're wearing a Hartford Whalers hat. 
cool. <laughs> if we're a little retro, uh, retro hockey. You know, the great thing about a hat like this is mm. uh, nobody can really give you grief if you're wearing like a neutral, defunct team hat. So yeah, that's like, cool. I have a, I have a Whalers hat. I have a you have an Expos hat? Golden Seals hat. I have an Expos hat. I love right? that. Whereas, you know, like if I wore the Habs hat right away, Freddie'd have his hackles up. Like so, you start oh. off on a, a bad note mm. right there. Mm-hmm. I looked at the Habs hat, but I thought, you know, <clears throat> in deference to Fred, I'm not going to. What do you think of this wear. hat? What's That's uh, cool. That's cool. What do you think of that hat? I, I can't, I can't read it. Wrexham AFC, baby. Oh, you. <laughs> Look at how. Don't sprain your ankle jumping on the bandwagon. Well, hey, listen, bandwagons are meant to be oh, jumped I'm on. All on, buddy. We're on. <laughs> I got him one. I got him one too. That is fantastic. What a great story. Isn't, Isn't it the a, best? In a world with a lot of feel bad stories, that's such a great feel good. I love it. I and love you're it. right. But listen, you're, I am jumping on the bandwagon, but it's a great band. It's a talk about a neutral. You know, you can't argue with somebody. I guess you could if you were in the UK, like that's a real thing. But over here in North America, where it's like it's like a fantasy football. You know what I mean? It's like I don't even know what they are, but it's kind of fun following along. And I can't wait for season two of that series. Oh, we and we like guys like you on the bandwagon, right? You can, you got a sense of humor, so you can keep us entertained, have the odd laugh. Exactly. You don't, dr- you, we, you don't drink, so if we send you to get around, <laughs> then we know you're not going to be, you know, sipping the sipping the cops off <laughs> That's before right. you hand them out. You're a perfect bandwagon guy. But that, that that whole bandwagon thing, we've had had this discussion. When it comes to sports, to me, it's like it's not even a thing. It's like. Yeah, if they're doing well, you follow them and you like them. And if they're doing bad, you don't. And if something popular comes along and it titillates you, jump on. It's only exactly. sports. I yeah. don't think, I don't. you know, we've said sports owes me nothing. I owe it nothing. Entertain me or piss off, right? And But as far as football goes, <laughs> as far as the game we here in North America call soccer yeah. goes, I have spent the better part of 10 years watching both of my kids multiple multiple times a uh, a summer playing soccer it's the greatest sport at that time both both of my daughters played but my one daughter played in oakville which has got the highest subscription or subscription to youth soccer in north america registration registration thank you and so i kind of caught a little bit of i mean i'm not much of a professional soccer fan until this team came along but i like the game especially watching my kids play it it was really fun Yep. No, it's a great game. It's uh, I, I liked it uh, and followed it, uh, you know, sort of passively when I lived here. And then, uh, as you know, uh, moved over to the UK for about 10 years. And of course, because it's so all consuming, uh, really got into it uh, and went to a lot of live matches. And of course, it's on TV. And that's what your your buddies are talking about at the pub and so on. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a great t- and especially the big <clears throat> like I would rather and follow the World Cup much more closely or the European football championship much more closely than I follow the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I, I think it's mm. the, the world cup, the men's world cup is the biggest sporting event in the world, I think, but there you go. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, again, and what's fascinated, uh, Howard and I through, you know, welcome to Wrexham and what was the other one with, uh, it's, uh, Sunny, um, Sunderland till I die. Sunderland till I die. It's just the culture. And I mean, again, and I know even in the United States with NFL teams and everything, nothing matches the cultural attachment in North America that uh, no. Europe 
uh, Britain in particular has with soccer. I mean, it, it's just it's it's a whole different yeah. it's a whole yeah. different situation. Yeah, we we fall in love with our teams here mm-hmm. uh, in the UK. When it comes to soccer or football, they marry them. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's, yeah. it's it is it's, it is a yeah. and and it is it is literally a this you know the son becomes a Tottenham fan because the dad was a Tottenham fan and the grandfather's a Tottenham fan and you'll have three generations going to this like it it really is like that in a lot of cases. I mean, it's similar with the Leafs. I've said that to Fred. I mean, there's a bit of there are some teams. Not there are some teams in both uh, hockey and in football in North America that there is a bit of that vibe to it. But what I loved about the Wrexham that I did not expect was to get a glimpse as to what a what that club means to that town on such a deep, you know, visceral DNA level that I didn't understand. And that's what we were talking about. We've if we sort of get in you getting engrossed by it. Because it means so much to those people. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, again, big difference, right? In uh, in North America, they're called franchises. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a franchise, and like any franchise, the owner at their whim can move it. Just like if you have a McDonald's franchise, and you go, mm-hmm. you know, it's not working. I'm going to move it. I own the franchise in the UK and in Europe much more. And again, we're talking. You know, we're talking about football. They are clubs. And they are very much part of the community. Yeah. I mean, it would be unthinkable that the the owners of Manchester United would go, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're going to move. Uh, we're going to move it down to Brighton. We're going to they're going to build us a new stadium. and We're going to move there. You know, like it just wouldn't happen. Whereas here, that kind of shit happens all yeah, the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just the whole structure of it. I love. And again, you can't adopt that in North America because we're too entrenched in our system, but the whole relegation system, like I would just love it if the Maple Leafs fell to the American Hockey League. Yeah. No, I just think it would be the healthiest thing. You know what I mean? It's because cool. it, then, yeah. then it's yeah. desperation. Then we, we must deliver a product. I love that. Even with TFC now, my son works close closely with them. Well, the past few games, I mean, forget injuries. There's like six or seven guys on international duty. So can you imagine watching a Leaf game one night and Austin Matthews isn't playing because he's got some international commitment to the United States. It's like, I just love that. As unfair as that might be to a fan who's bought a ticket to see the game and that player, just the, the whole system is is neat to it, me. It's different, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny, I, I had written that down, Freddie, because uh, mm-hmm. that, no, that is one of the things I love about this sport, but it's also similar to what I love about golf because mm-hmm. in golf, you're only as good as you show up in that particular performance. And in golf on Friday, when you can be the best player in the world statistically, but you have to make the cut. If you don't, yeah. you don't get to play for the rest of the weekend. It's such a cool right. thing about those sports. Like, and, I, and the fact that a team cannot do well and then gets kicked down a league is such yeah. a cool thing. Because it gives because because it makes you it gives you a second or third storyline to follow along with your club for that season. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and even if the NBA did that Major League Baseball, I mean, it would be it would a whole, be a whole different. And, and I know that's just a fantasy. It could yeah. never will never happen. But I wish traditionally it had been that way. I really do. Uh, Paul Romanuk is here. Of course, Paul is the. Uh, the host of the uh, the Walrus was Paul. That's uh, because he's Paul, but it's also a play on Paul. Mc- it doesn't matter. Um, 
and uh, I do want to talk a little Beatles with you, but I had uh, set aside something here. I'm just terrible now. I set aside something about post-media. I thought, oh, we could talk about that with Paul. And I'm trying to make sure I got this in front of me. Oh, yeah, here we go. Two of Canada's biggest newspapers have called off the... Uh, did you hear about this post-media and Toronto Star? Yeah. We're going to come together. Um, I wanted to see what you guys thought of that. Why, uh, because of the come together thing in the Beatles? Yeah, see, it's all oh, coming together. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, That's good. So, uh, yeah, Nord, Nordstar, which is Toronto Star, they were going to come together. And uh, what did you guys think of that? Go ahead, Freddie. Well, I just think it's a sign of the title. Like it. I mean, you know, it's journalism. And to think that, you know, um, you know, a, a, a paper that leads to the left and a paper that leans to the right will have the same ownership. And, yeah. Ah, I don't know. I don't like it. But it's early. What we were saying earlier in the show, I mean, years ago, you know, when we handed the country over to corporations and all this convergence in this, uh, you know, the lack of competition, it's it's not good for anyone. And this would be another indication. That's my perspective. Yeah, it's it it, it benefits no one but the people who own it. Uh, mm-hmm. it it's just like in the media industry. Uh, most of our broadcast media is owned by Bell and mm-hmm. Rogers, and that benefits absolutely no one uh, other than Bell and Rogers. Uh, I, I wrote a piece on uh, on LinkedIn about this uh, when Bell recently, I want to say it was <clears throat> about two weeks ago, maybe ten mm-hmm. days ago now. Uh, they're going to lobby the CB, the uh, pardon me, the CRTC uh, to uh, to. Shut, shutter more local news coverage uh, is what it will ultimately end up end up doing. And I, I just find that so sickening on so many levels. Um, you know, there's a, uh, the 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 gutting of local news, uh, local news and sports departments in radio and TV stations across the country. Uh, there have been literally in the last 10 years, thousands of those jobs shed. And not only do they hurt the people who lose their jobs for obvious reasons, they hurt those communities because you need local news coverage to hold local politicians accountable and levels of government to inform people. You need local sports departments to cover local teams uh, in communities, which brings people together, following a local athlete, a local team. Uh, and that's all gone. And it's just going to get worse. And that benefits no one. And all at the same time. Uh, and I'll stop, but it, no, it's fine. Go Keep on. going. Yeah, well, no, but it, uh, at the same time, where Rogers and Bell have made millions and millions and millions of dollars in after-tax profits by making use of what is a public resource, and that is the public airwaves. So, to, to have a broadcast license to utilize those airwaves, in my opinion, you have a moral obligation to provide local services to that community, and they don't. And I agree with most of what you said. I don't agree the fact that it's you can't find that anywhere. You can find it. It's just in a different place. You have to know where to look. And the people that are affected locally following a local athlete now follow that athlete online. And, but that's only part of what I would say. You know, over the last, uh, since 19, sorry, 2008, to your point, 450 Canadian news outlets have closed, including 65 in the last two years, many of which were owned by Post Media and Nordstar. And um, so this isn't going through, 
but it, 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 it speaks to a threat against traditional media outlets. And listen, you know, we love radio and we, we lost a, a lot of our friends get fired in, in the 12 years we've been doing this. There's been guttings at Bell and all the radio uh, companies. But as I said to Fred, the last time when they shut down a bunch of these AM stations, including the one that we used to be on, if you were working, if you're working at an AM radio station in 2023, you don't have any. If you think you have job security, you know, you're looking in the wrong spot. Yep. Yep. I can't argue with that. Can't argue. Although, but do people, uh, do, sorry, do people not listen because the programming is so awful? Because it has, it's a chicken or the egg, right? So do people not listen to that AM station? Because, uh, and I'll give you a great example. Uh, you have a sports station, uh, in this case, uh, the one owned by TSN, uh, TSN 1050, a sports radio station in the biggest media market in the country uh, with how many professional sports teams? You know, go down the list, right? You get the Raptors, you get Toronto FC, you get the Leafs, and so, number of Major League Baseball, CFL football, and you click that station on in late morning, and you hear canned, syndicated U.S. programming out of Bristol, Connecticut, talking about U.S. college basketball. Like that—that's—that's that's a joke. That that the people, the this professional sports community. In Toronto, that's how they're being served by that licensee. It's a joke. No, so, uh, and I totally agree. And one thing I will say about the whole AM radio concept, I don't know if there's AM radio stations anymore because most people use smart speakers or mm-hmm. within their car stream. So the quality, what's the difference now between FM and AM when it comes to quality? It goes back to what you say, Paul. It's like if there's an AM signal and you have great programming, like... I would call it up on my smart speaker. I wouldn't be able to tell whether that's an AM or an FM station. Um, but it gets back to the program. And we've talked about this like a News Talk 1010 or AM 640. It's They want to talk about bike lanes and the mayor's race and stuff like that. It's like programming that nobody really cares about. Why don't you get creative? Why don't you... You know, just think outside the box, but nobody's wants to give that a shot either. I think the the trouble is content, <clears throat> excuse me, is the problem, and signal isn't the issue. Like mm-hmm. quality of signal is no longer an issue. Yeah. yeah. What is an issue is this. There's three of us on this chat right now with three different, mm-hmm. you know, many different uh, things that we want to uh, sample in entertainment. And an AM Mm -hmm. station or an FM station, a radio station in this era can't satisfy most of what we want to listen to. All we have to do is decide, I want to listen to a show about Wrexham and oh look, there's 20 shows on Spotify Mm -hmm. talking about Wrexham. I want to think about, today I'm thinking about McCartney and AI and and Beatles. I'm going to go listen to a show called The Walrus is Paul. That's my programming. Mm -hmm. And that's the the problem is and Mm -hmm. I'm not defending Bell, but they can't compete against that with an AM outlet in this era. Yeah, I think the only question might be if you know, radio um, media hadn't been given over to Rogers, Bell, and uh, Chorus. Maybe on some level it, it had b- been kept private or they kept those rules saying you couldn't own more than one radio station. If there was s- some more private interests, would it be different? I mean, we can't answer that question. 
you just have to know, again, from that corporate structure, it's bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. And obviously, entertainment and programming has suffered. Would it have been different without that structure? Like, we don't know. One other thing I will say, when you talk about, you know, the star and the sun, the convergence there and everything, and then, Howard, you said, you know, we have other methods of getting our news. The problem is there's no checks and balances online with news. Yes. You don't know whether it's true or false. That's the problem. I mean, seriously. And yeah. stuff, you know, and there's just so much deceit going on online with news. Like, how do you decipher what's true and what's not and what's yeah. valid? And yep. What's genuine? Like, and I there's no response. There's no responsibility, right? Like, I can put yeah. up a I can put up a post on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, completely slandering somebody, uh, and uh, Facebook, the carrier, if you will, does nothing about it. They shrug yep. their shoulders and goes, "Well, mm-hmm. we're just you know somewhere somebody goes and is you know what do we know, right?" Yep. Uh, whereas I could not go on. I could not write an op-ed in the Toronto Star and slander somebody because A, I would be sued, but B, the Toronto Star wouldn't print it because they go, well, <laughs> we could be sued. Uh, so there's accountability there and fact-checking, and you're absolutely uh, – like, this is kind of funny, this whole big deal about um, about Facebook and Google uh, shutting down links to Canadian news stories. Well, yep. hey, here's an idea, boys and girls. Maybe – don't get your news off of Google and Facebook. Go to a newspaper site. You know? yeah, and, and it bothers me, this whole idea of social media. And I've said this to Fred. I say, you know, here we are, you know, guys, all three of us have been in the media media, the old media, where we had promises of performance, you know, uh, broadcast standards to adhere to. And then along comes social media and they don't have any of those restrictions. My only counter to that would be, you make your own decisions. I follow yeah. Paul Romanuk, and so I trust that I've seen enough of what Paul's printed or published that I go, oh, I, I can trust that source. I think you need to be your own advocate when it comes to what is... I, yes, I know we can all be fooled, and we all have been, but I think for me, as a consumer of media now, I go to people who I trust, Fred or Paul or Keith Oberman, or I can name a bunch of people that I sort of go, okay, they seem to be making some sense. But remember, we've also been trained throughout the years for our flags to go up where the average person maybe hasn't like you look at something I would say like the below Rep- average person considering most of the americans but yeah right right but you look at something here in canada i mean forget the states like rebel news yeah that's the news source for some people they yep. think that's where they get their news and it's like you could just systematically go through that and, and, and poke holes in it and find it, you know, it's slanted wrong, it's, it, 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 the accusations are unfair, on and on and on. But it's, you know, it feeds you what you want to hear or think, so that's your news source. And someone would argue, though, if you read the Toronto Star, that's feeding you what you want to yeah, believe. Yeah, they have editors, Howard. They have I know. standards and editors. But, but they and have stuff. bias. There are checks and balances. Yeah. Everyone has bias. But to your point, they, the last our, our line in this article says what you just says, uh, uh, supports what you just says. Uh, an ailing news industry is bad news for Canadians trying to stay informed in an era of rising misinformation. Mm-hmm. And again, to Paul's you know thing about, you know, at least if you're reading the star, you know that that information has been vetted. It may be left-leaning, same with the Toronto Star Sun being right-leaning, but it's been vetted by people. And as you say, Polly, they have um, 
there's mm-hmm. restrictions as to what they can and can't say. They can't slander people or float, you know, idiotic uh, notions. Uh, how's the uh, Beatles thing coming? You still doing that? Is that still working for you? Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. I, I'm, I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, uh, new episodes coming out, but um, yeah, I, I still really enjoy it. Uh, as I said to you guys before, uh, I just uh, I consider myself to be a broadcaster, and I enjoy. I enjoy the craft, uh, and I wanted to do something mm-hmm. to keep my chops sharp, if you will, and I didn't want it to be sports-related because I was sort of sportsed out. Uh, and uh, so this music thing is, has made sense, and it's been fun. Uh, just did a couple of episodes with Dan Hill, which was fascinating. Yeah, how was that? Um, it was really neat. Yeah, he's um, a cool guy. We've had him on the show. It was cool. Yeah, he was a re- – you know, I mean, I, I – I went in with no, I suppose I had some preconceived notions because what do most Canadians identify Dan Hill with? You go, oh, well, Dan Hill, sometimes when we touch, right? The, the, uh, yeah, the yeah. anthem. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, you think about that. And I knew that he'd worked with Celine Dion and, and that he was a songwriter. But then, uh, you know, I went and met the guy. He's like a fascinating, deep guy with a lot to say. So I really enjoyed that. And I, I'm going to keep doing episodes, I think, to the end of this calendar year. Uh, and then I'll probably wrap it up and and think about what I want to do next, just because I think the um, the concept has sort of exhausted itself a little bit. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll time to move on to something else. Your uh, last episode episode should be with McCartney. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be something? Mm-hmm. You know, he he goes on these podcasts. Why can't Come he go on, on Paul. Paul's podcast? Why can't he go on our podcast? I, Come I, on, I think he, Freddie. He'd probably have to go on like a really. One. Like yeah. ours, maybe? Um, yeah. <laughs> when uh, we had Dan Hill on, I don't know if you remember this, Freddie, it was on 30th Avenue there in our one of our original studios. Yes. It was in the big studio, I think, mm-hmm. where we uh, weren't sure what he would be like. He came in, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. And I think at some point, we all sang along with Sometimes When We Touch. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. surreal. Well, I went to his house. Uh, usually, most guests come to me, and I have a little oh, studio set up. Wow. In my and he says, well, why don't you come? So I went to his house, and you're sitting there in the front room, you know, the living room, uh, waiting. You know, I'm setting up my my microphone and all that stuff. And, and so there's a, there's a baby grand piano sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, up on the shelf, there's a Grammy Award, you know, his Grammy. Wow. Uh, there's, like, gold records all over the wall. Uh, from you know from different albums and things that he's worked on it, it was it was one of those moments where you're like wow i'm, sitting, it's I'm pretty sitting cool in Hill's living room talking to him <laughs> it was pretty cool when he was on our show did we ask him about his nickname because his repertoire you know his, his nickname of downhill do you remember i don't remember that no you don't Oh, he, he mentioned that, not specific to you guys, but he mentioned that that was his nickname. Yeah, um, Downhill but, People, yeah, because downhill all his or, songs were so... And, uh, and yeah. in high school, in high school, they called him Deep Dan. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, Deep Dan. But I, yeah, I remember he's oh, there's another Downhill song. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I used to work with a comic, uh, actually, one of the, his name was uh, Steve Schuster, who was Wayne Schuster, is one of their kids. They, they actually, mm-hmm. there was a, the two of them had a baby with Steve. And he did a bit about that song, and he's like, uh, he did. He used to take a guitar on stage, and he's he sang the song a little bit. And then there's that part where he goes, "I want to hold you till I die. I want to hold you." And his whole thing was, "I want to hold you right through the autopsy," <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, listen, man, we got no more time, but uh, next time we'll talk about uh, the last, the final Beatles record. Have you heard about this? 
I have. I have. Looking forward to hearing uh, what they do. I think it'll be great. What happened, Freddie, was uh, they found a a tape uh, from 1978 with uh, John Lennon's voice on it and using AI technology somehow extracted the vocals from it. And McCartney recently told BBC Four, we just finished it up and it'll be released this year. Um, And he calls it the final Beatles record. Not to be confused with that weird AI thing that was floating mm-hmm. around. I was trying to find it. I'm not sure if you heard it, Paul, where they did no, a sort of an AI-generated Lennon-McCartney song. Freddie, what were you going to say? And Yoko uh, gave her approval as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, it's, again, and the thing to specify, and McCartney has specified this, so this is not me. This is what McCartney has said, uh, is that the voice is in no way, like there's nothing AI about the voice. Okay. All the, the, it's like in the Get Back movie where the, because of AI technology, they were able to lift audio tracks from mixes that previously made that uh, usually a mono mix where it's all mixed together made it technically impossible to do now with the uh, the advent of advanced ai technology in that particular era they can take one voice or one instrument isolate it and lift that out of a monorial mix which previously was technically impossible very cool and here's a little uh, thing this is what uh, jeff lynn from like 25 years ago cleaned up uh this uh, Beatles song, Free as a Bird, will say goodbye to. The Walrus was Paul's host. Paul Romanuk, thanks for hanging out with us today. As always, my friend, you're a sweet man and uh, always a pleasure. Always love talking to you guys. Thanks. Okay, Paul. Talk to you soon, Paulo. We're uh, standing by for the uh, retirement Sherpa. He'll be coming up here in a second. But first, Freddie, let's uh, check out these fine folks. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, group group benefits uh, plan for small business. Uh, Yeah, uh, go to chamberplan.ca, find out all about it. And uh, Brett Tanner, our buddy, was on a couple of weeks ago and uh, touching on the uh, mental health aspects. Very important. I like to underline this because, again, through COVID and um, the times in which we are living right now, a lot of people, you know, not feeling very good mentally. So the Chamber Plan, again, you're part of this. They've looked after that. There's actually an app where you can uh, participate uh, in real time and get some uh, advice or help uh, when you need it. And uh, some other aspects of, uh, you know, mental health that... um, they're conscious of. Uh, so again, it's just another level, be it prescriptions, dental, you know, therapies. Well, this is mental therapy. Yeah, they're all over it. It's the Chambers Plan, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. One of the stories I touched on yesterday is the idea that uh, Tesla is actually opening up, I think they just entered a deal. Tesla's grip on EV charging is tightening, but Mercedes-Benz reached a deal to access Tesla's supercharger network and adapt its vehicles to its charging standard. This is interesting for a lot of reasons. I mean, think about one company owning all the gas stations. There's a little bit of pushback. I mean, if, if, if it becomes the standard then you could charge anything at a Tesla charging station. Hopefully that doesn't happen so that there's a choice. Why I bring this up, of course, is the idea that this might be your opportunity to try out a Tesla at evnet.ca. You can choose a Tesla. You can choose a Nissan Leaf, the uh, Model Y or the, the three Teslas there as well, the Kona, the Bolt. 
You can choose it for uh, 24 hours, three days, or seven days. And uh, listen, man, they'll come and bring it to your house. You don't even have to go there. They'll deliver it. You can try it out and decide if uh, the EV is the way for you to go. I can tell you it's been an experience for me. EVNet.ca, the electric experience. 1-800-387-9391. Dan Duran's uh, news. We could probably squeeze Dan Duran in here. I don't know where he is. Um, I didn't really... Uh... So Ch- Tesla spent all this money, like billions of dollars, to uh, figure out a way to quick charge these vehicles. And that's what this is all about. There's lots of chargers. There's, uh, you know, but what I, what I found is really convenient. You just press a button in the car and say... Take me to the nearest charging station. And it gives you a list of where they are. And then you pick one. I says, which you obviously would pick one. And then it says on the car, the battery is preparing for fast charging. And uh, it's pretty convenient. And yes, it's not as convenient as getting your gas filled up in three or four minutes, whatever it takes to fill up a tank. It's not that convenient. But it's faster than... You know, most of the chargers, like even a level two charger takes, you know, eight or 10 hours. But uh, this is uh, interesting, this uh, sharing of their technology, because I guess what they're trying to do is to access all the hundreds of billions of dollars that will be spent by people who aren't driving Teslas, charging it at the Tesla station. Yes. Dan Duran. I just read an article yesterday about a gas station. I think it's in London, England. That's converted entirely to a charging, like it's the future. It's a shell station. There's no gas pumps there. It's only charging. And the difference is, is that there's more um, spaces in the store itself, the convenience store for lounging and shopping. And it's a larger area mm-hmm. to compensate for the fact that it'll take a while for the, the chargers to charge. So there's obviously, you know. Uh, while they're waiting, we can sell the customer something else kind of approach to things and lounge and coffee and whatever else. It's just the changing dynamic of how things will look in the future for these kinds of stations. I think you're going to see a lot of places starting and, you know, obviously now big malls like Sherway has a huge charging area. I think years from now, it will be you'll see theaters and restaurants and lots of different shopping situations where they will make it convenient for you to drive your car there and charge it. Uh, I think we're charging fights um, there. Well, it's funny you say that because when I went to Sherway the other day, I was about five minutes away. And as I was driving a message came up in the car saying the um, charging stations are currently very busy. You might want to go somewhere else. And I was like, what is, what does that mean? So I went there and there was three or four people waiting. There might have been 25 different outlets waiting for people to, to finish up because we all know it's only, a, excuse me, a 20 minute process. And sure enough, um, within a couple minutes, you know, I, I found a spot. But yeah, it was interesting that they, they gave you the message that it was uh, it was uh, people were, you know, there was a bunch of people there. Yeah, what if you encountered a Karen there? Oh, <laughs> that's my charging station. 
Sir, you think you can just drive up here and hook up immediately? No. No, you can't. Um, Dan Duran did mention that the weekend of Colton's uh, baptism. I saw this now, Dan, that uh, your dad, Reverend Cliff, married Lori and uh, Darren. Yeah, on that dock that uh, Fred was talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lovely day. <laughs> Went inside the lodge and had a lovely, uh, you know, reception, I, I believe, with some very, very nice hors d'oeuvres. And then later that night around a campfire had like a sort of party. Uh, people there was dancing. Party. Was carrying on, and whatever. Party. Yeah, it's lovely. 20 years ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, Wow. In My fact, son. What, what date was that? That was July. <laughs> it was in July. They just had their 20th anniversary, or it's upcoming. I forget what the actual date was. Yeah, I don't know the date. I'm just laughing at something else that just came in. Like, I just love our listeners. This is from uh, someone just uh, texted or messaged us, uh, subject line, Lee Aaron, Walk of Fame. Hi, guys. Just noticed that Lee Aaron is one of 11 Canadian groups being inducted into Canada's Walk of Fame this year. So, Fred, I guess she is known outside of Brampton. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, he says, I know that's Lee an old Aaron. reference. I know that's an old reference, but we do pay attention. Love it's you true. guys. Rob. Rob, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that was a moment. Well, fucking funny. Um, while we're waiting for the Sherpa, <laughs> Sherpa's on a slow. Uh, yeah, he just he just texted me. He's on a slow modem. Somehow, oh. it's not. He's not connecting. Uh, is he not in town. I don't know where he is, dude. I can't know everything. Oh, there he is. Hmm. There he is. We just got something from Keith Weil, and it says, uh, in the, I read this article yesterday, over half of uh, United States beaches have dangerous fecal contamination. That's good to know. <clears throat> Wasn't uh, fecal contamination the name of our first garage band, you and me? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's Tim Niblett. Here's, hey, you know what? Hold on to that. You know what? The fe on this show, fecal contamination is gold. Mm -hmm. That We oh, can come yeah. back to that. Yeah, that's in our shit category, which we love. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, that's right. That's in another one of our shit silos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I imagine. Can you imagine like every once in a while that guy just tunes in and it just happens to be another episode of something to do with poo. Good Lord. Is Tim still struggling to join? No, no, you, you, he's there. I just don't. I think oh. it's taking you can see him. Oh, OK, I think it's taking him a second. Mm-hmm. You could have a Friday show. <laughs> All about shit. Shit show Friday. Shit show Friday. Mm-hmm. The Nut Hut Shit Show Fridays. And you know what? It would do very well. Oh, I don't yeah. care what anyone says. Hmm. Are you kidding me? How many times people uh, finish their emails now to us with how their oh. bowel movements are doing? Howard. And their blood pressure? It's remarkable, Howard. You know, this week, though, it's having heavy competition from uh, people giving me advice on cramping up. Mm -hmm. Apple cider vinegar, too, by the way. Someone said, my buddy Dave said his dad used to take apple cider vinegar. Oh, here's yeah. another version of Tim Niblett. Let's try this Niblett. Let's try this guy. He must be on the road somewhere. I don't know, dude. I'm trying to get him in. Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> Anyway, I read something else here. Um, it's called Way. It's called uh, 
We Are Young. It's a registered charity which grants wishes to old people. I and I that. thought, we qualify now. So what you do is you approach these people, a registered charity, and you tell them, you know, something you've always wanted to do or have happen or whatever, and they will grant those wishes. And I thought, maybe not today or maybe tomorrow or next week when we're doing a show, we could go around the table. And um, if you had that opportunity, these people would wait to grant you a wish, something you would like to do. What would that be? <laughs> What's the first thing that popped into my mind? Like one last three-way. Just one last. Just one more. <laughs> Um, Dan, what would yours be? Hmm. I don't know. I have, I have to think about it. No, you don't. Yeah, don't take think. Some thought, huh? Okay, uh, so don't, think. don't think. Just don't say. Think. Stop thinking. <laughs> Scoop off the top, brother. Just boom. What came into your head? <laughs> My first thought was a three-way. The, I'd like to visit the top of the tower that uh, that the uh, Saturn V rocket took off from at, uh, on the space pad. Beautiful. That's what I'd like to do. There you yeah. go. What? And, and then have a three-way on top of it. <laughs> yeah, with a sex wig. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Now we have five different Tim Niblets here. And why don't you bring that? Put, put that aside for next week and we'll, we'll air I will. it out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a great idea. Think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have to be a terminally. But this is just for old people. Yeah. But do you have to be a terminally ill old person? Because that, you know, oh, like grant no, your last I, wish type of thing. I, I think it's a means thing. Like, you know, older people that don't have the means oh, okay. to do things. But anyway, that could be us. We could lie. Uh-huh. Well, you, apparently you don't have the means to buy a bubble chicken anymore. So you qualify. <laughs> there was a guy that used to live on the street and they used to have this, you know, that wish foundation where they take you to Disney World. Yeah, make a wish. Yeah, this guy was a cop, lived at a big house like mine here on the street, and somehow got his daughter to Orlando through this charity. Was so his we daughter? Could do, we we could do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. She was a you know she yeah she, well, there was she, some, had leukemia or something. Well, Very she was dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, she wasn't dying. Wow. No, that was the scuttlebutt. The street. It was like, how did he pull that off? Like, just totally. You know, a perversion of what it was all about. Anyway, wow. the point being, this way thing, if it's, you know, for old people without money, we could just lie our way into it. That's mm. all. That's yeah, all I'm that's saying. That's good. It's been done. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's just lie our way into taking a final uh, trip away from a, an old person who deserves to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good, good. Is this, is this the show you want to play for your grandkids? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is where... <laughs> our social, our society has come to now with mm-hmm. with our Trump society. And what do you mean now? This is, oh. this, this is the original caper boss. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh yeah, this is a brand new version of Fred. Uh, I'm texting here with uh, Nibblesworth. We're going to try and get him on. Uh, for some reason, he's got to use. Uh, he's got perpetual buffering going on. Wow. Um, do you want to try and should I tell him to we can try him again tomorrow on the uh, email show or should we uh, is that a was that a dangerous precedent to set yeah I have uh, the notes here of what he was going to talk about no. today again not great detail but um, you know if he's at home maybe there's some work being done in the area on his internet I've just offered him the opportunity to join us tomorrow morning because he's a longtime supporter, and we would make that exception for him. Yeah, we could do him off the top, and then uh, well, because we're going to start it. You know, we're going to start recording at eight thirty. We could just mm-hmm. do a little Tim Tim, and then get to the emails. We could do a Tim bit, and then. 
<laughs> Tell him not to turn his video on if he's still trying. Don't worry about the video. Um, okay, Dan says... Video is a big bandwidth. Uh, maybe try log. without the video. Because we have uh, Dan's News and we have Tim Daniels. But you know what? We can go... Well, then I've got to do the other show. But uh, listen, we got some time. We have some time. <laughs> so we'll just be quiet. While There's nothing wrong time. with quiet, Dan. So where are you going to go? The, weird, though. This is our quiet time. Dan, so you're going to go to the top of a pad, some rocket? What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, that would be amazing. When that's that would be your if someone said Dan will grant you any wish that would be what your wish would be. Well, with the first thing that came off, that you know, you okay. guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I had time to think about it, maybe it would be something different. Like okay. uh, there's the difference between the live the lives that Howard and I have led. He wants just one more threesome, and I want my first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Tim Nibbler. Tomorrow morning, we're going to tape it. Uh, we will. <laughs> Uh, 8.30, please. Okay. Okay, good. Good, good, good. All right. Let me get rid of this because I'm going to remote. There he is. Wait. Wait. He's wait, here. Wait. What? Wait. Now he's there. What? What's happening? And the mic isn't on. No, no, nothing's on. Are you? Uh, can you uh, hear me? Yeah, now we yes. can. Now we now can. Now we can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, can, he's uh, gone again. Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, it's not working, Tim. No, it's not working. It's all garbled, and now we can't see you. Where is he? Is he, he in the Ukraine? Turn off his video. He did turn off his video. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, right. Were you going to ask him if he was in the Ukraine? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tim, okay. We're going to try tomorrow, Tim. Climb? Green? No, you're breaking up, buddy. Tomorrow it is. Okay, pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you got, I, I sent you a note for 8.30 or more morning. We're going to put you on the email show. It's going to be great. Deal. Thank you, pal. Okay. All right. And figure out the internet. Because, uh, I don't know, maybe he is in the Ukraine. Uh, in the meantime... Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. his voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes, as for credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the trailer Soon to be uh, maybe a brand new trailer Wouldn't that have been your first wish? If these people could grant you a wish, please, old people helpers, <laughs> please, please make a wish for old people. Yeah. Give me I a new trailer. A small trailer to live in. Yes. Uh, now well, here's. Uh, well, go ahead, Freddie. What? What? Oh, I was just going to say Dan's first trailer at the park way back in like 1994 or something. He bought from an old guy, and there was piss stains all over the cushions. Remember that, mm, Dan? I do. He had urinated all over the cushions, and the first couple of weeks were spent like uh, cleansing the cushions. <laughs> Old guys, and they, the trailer, they yeah. leak. They leak yeah. in the night. Yeah. yeah. And now, when all these years later, when Dan's selling his thing, it's going to be all sorts of things are going to have to de 
stayed. A different type of DNA. <laughs> yeah. All right. And now live from uh, the uh, old trailer by the sea, here's yeah. movie anchorman Dan Duran. While we're waiting to hear if the American Pencil Collector Society's counting of an Iowa man's 70,000 advertising pencils is a Guinness World Record or not, the world's tallest poison ivy plant has been certified by Guinness in Paris, Ontario. It's recorded at 20.75 meters tall. Wow. A poison ivy vine that winds its way up a white ash tree in the forest behind Robert Fedrock's farm. Really? There's two kinds of poison ivies in Canada. I didn't even know this. There's one that uh, is more of a bushy kind of thing. Yeah. And then yes. there's this this uh, vine type thing, <laughs> which is called the uh, Toxicodendron radicans. Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't one of your wishes. Take me to see the biggest fucking poison ivy. (laughs) Can you identify poison ivy? I can't. I should be able to after all my years being up north. But can you identify poison ivy, Howard? Are you talking to me? Yeah, it's like if you're walking through the woods, oh, don't go there. That's poison ivy. Like, could you do that? Um, well, I think uh, all the years I've spent uh, in uh, golf courses, yeah, I could right. probably. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, if I, if I, get, I think I could do it multiple choice. I know that uh, this year uh, we're all being advised not to uh, spend too much time, you know, in the high fescue and, and the, the trees because of ticks. Oh. Everyone always reminds, you know, when, hey, if you go in there to look for a ball, you know, check for ticks on the way out. No, I know. This Lyme disease thing, man, crazy. No. You don't want to get Lyme disease. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You do not You also want don't that. want to do the poison ivy thing. Yeah, and what happens to you when you get poison ivy? Is it, you start itching? Oh, fuck. Yeah, rash and blistering. And, fuck. And then you don't really notice it's there. I think it's activated by maybe the, the sun. Yeah. And we'll, or, I mean, it takes a while. But can. Fred's had an experience. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. About 20 years ago, it was all over my ash cheeks because I had wiped my ears and I had had a pee and touched my uh, my what? thing. And uh, oh, yeah. And I had poison ivy all over my lower areas and uh, it was awful. And up my really? Arms and, oh, yeah. I was up the hill working on my satellite dish. Yeah, it was about 20 years ago. And I got it all over. It was awful. Yeah, same awful. thing happened with one of our uh, our trailer neighbors up here. Did the same thing this year. Who's that? Shep. Who? Shep. Oh, did he? Yeah. And he was he, touching his privates before he knew he had it? Yep. Yeah, that happens to a lot of guys. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you? You don't know, right? And then yeah. you just spread it. Yeah, so he had to take, uh, I don't know, some sort of steroid and everything. He had it pretty bad. Yeah, I can, well, I got to be careful because I can't have anything... Getting rashy down there before the arrival of no. uh, Senior, and you know, mm-hmm. Frangelica comes. Mm. Frangelica, <laughs> Frangelica is a, an Italian name, by the way. Okay, yeah, Juliet. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'm gonna when you meet her, I'm gonna say, "This is Fred. He thinks your name's Consuela." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say all kinds of things to her in Spanish. <laughs> Um, but I can't afford a rash in that area. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get back into you know shape. Uh, Dan, do you have any other stories before we see if Tim Daniels is? Uh... No, I, I think that's about it. We got a long show today. I'll uh, say oh, this one. Uh, you think it's been long? <laughs> wait, till you, wait till you hear the parts you missed. Uh, do I have anything else here? Oh yeah. Well, you know, of course, tomorrow it's uh, our email show. 
Brought to you by our friends at Palma Pasta. Let me just give them a shout out. Over 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces, prepared take-home entrees. Unbelievable. In fact, I'm going to take uh, my friend to Palma Pasta, to Palma's Kitchen, and maybe we'll do a little shopping together for a dinner we're going to make together. I thought that might be a fun activity. I'm coming, I'm coming up with all kinds of things she and I can do together. So we're going to drop by the location in uh, Mississauga. There's four of them. One in Oakville, three in Mississauga. And if you can't make it there, you can order online at palmapasta.com. Maybe we'll get like a fresh pasta, some of their sauce, some sausage or something. We'll make a nice dinner together. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. No, that well, would be a nice. No, that would be a nice little bonding thing. Mm-hmm. Then we'll see how we get along in the kitchen. Maybe get that Korean woman to come over for a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll say to her, hey, listen, do you like Korean food? Hey, is there a follow up to that, by the way? Yes, there did is. You talk to, uh, I did. did oh, yeah. Talk What's it? that? What's the follow up? I don't know how much I want to share, but uh, she's not moving in with me. The uh, later the Korean woman from next door. It's not oh, moving in with me. Much. Uh, yeah. It was a momentary thing. She just was. She, you know, she's an older lady. She got something was worrying her, and she wanted to know if I could. You know, wanted to be uh, her roommate. And I told her, well, between, something was worrying her. So, do you want to be my roommate? Like that's such a huge leap. <laughs> Again, I don't know how much I want to share. You know, I have to share everything. But in the, in the public like, forum, I see. Yeah. I would share it Something's with you. Something's worrying me. I'm going to go down the street and see if I can move. It's it. not even down the street. It's next door. <laughs> okay. Does so, she have an unusual okay. attraction to you? Is Maybe that, what it is? Uh, that might be it. That Maybe. Be it. <laughs> I did say to her, "When am I going to get some of your homemade kimchi?" And she said, "You can buy kimchi anywhere." I go, okay, great. That's not the answer I was looking for, really. But uh, So you can't give us much detail. But well, it, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. So something's okay. worrying her, so she wants to move into your... Okay, her son. Oh, fuck. You don't have to share this if you don't want to. Uh, I want him to. <laughs> her son has met someone. Oh, and she doesn't like the woman. She does, but she wants to give. She doesn't want to be in the house if they happen to move in. She doesn't uh, want to listen to their uh, no, sexual. No, she's just trying to. Oh yes, okay, that, oh, yes, all of that. That's what she said to me. I don't want to hear them banging away. Why do you always have to take it there? Just, okay. it's not that. She was just saying, you know. I said, what was the problem? She says, well. And she, her son has met somebody, and then she's thinking, well, if they get married, they wouldn't want old the old woman in the house, and she would come live with me next door, and so she would be close, but not live in the actual house. So right. and, I don't want to live here's with my son, but I'll live with a stranger. No, but here's well, think about it. She wants to leave the house so that the married couple could have their own home without having an old woman living in it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the part that's just, I think, a bit cute but funny. Okay. This relationship may be a month old. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just met her. How old is he? It doesn't matter. 40, 38, something. Okay. But, so, we understand, like, yesterday morning she woke up in a panic thinking, if if my son marries this woman, I have to get out, so I'll go live with Howie. (laughs) (laughs) That's, Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of like, it's sort of cute. And I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. 
how no what's what's neat about that is that she would actually think that that well, she thinks that much of you. I could live with Howie. I like <laughs> like Howie. Man. I'll go live I with like, Howard. I like Howie. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to do uh, the racist voice. I didn't. Yes, you did. Go listen back to it. I like, like, Howie. I like Howie. No, that's not true. You did racist voice. Oh, everybody's just so ready to throw <laughs> that R word around. You thing. did. You did. You know you did. <clears throat> so, but really, like, I, I'm almost envious of that. I don't have a neighbor that would want to live with me. I don't. Doll barely wants to. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true. You know that that is. I don't need to say that. Oh, there's Tim. There's another Tim. Fuck. Mm -hmm. So many Tims. Dan, I know you think this is a long show, um, but this is the show we're doing, Dan. Okay. A long show. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if you have something to do, we understand. We're yeah. trying to get this guy on. There's Tim Daniels. There's Tim Daniels. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll stand down, and you can Tim Daniels away, and then I'll, yeah. uh, I'll return. Right. Appreciate you. Okay. Appreciate you appreciate and uh, yeah, all you do. I appreciate you, too. Thanks, man. You too. Appreciate yeah, okay. being, being appreciated. It's always good to appreciate things. I don't think we appreciate enough. You know what I mean? I think a lot of time goes by, we don't appreciate one another. Well, let's do that more. Hey, I just want to say this. On the record, for the record. You are appreciated by me and my family. I'll go to my appreciation lounge now and just appreciate things. Thank you. Okay, thanks. He just left. Now, Tim Daniels, turn your microphone. Turn. Is this another thing where maybe it's a Tim thing today? We can't get Tim Daniels to there. He is. Turn it. There, there we go. Is. There right. we go. Mm-hmm. What hey is guys. going on? Where are you? Know, I'm sorry, I'm late, but I have a very good reason for it, and that's that uh, I completely forgot. Yes, so, there's uh, that. Oh. There oh, is yeah. a very good reason. I'm great, by the way. We haven't talked for a while, and now you're blurring your background. How cool are you these days? You got. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's one of these uh, great life mysteries. Every time. I turn on my Zoom. It has completely different settings. That's I, funny. I, I, don't worry about it. it looks I, great. I'm surprised I didn't show up like wearing Mickey Mouse here. <sighs> that is funny, man. You know, it's summertime in Italy. You're you're living in Florence. He's just got this life. He goes for runs through like some of the most historic streets in the world. Runs by one of the most historic structures on planet Earth. Um, uh, you're, you're right about it being summer. That's for sure. Let me just, I'm just scrolling through. So, uh, today, 36, tomorrow, 36, Friday, 37, 37, 39. Wow, man. 30. Is that humid too, as well? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what it is yet. Uh, today, yesterday, we were at 51% humidity, so it was 39, but it felt like 43, yeah. something like that. That's, so. uh, do you still, do you run in that still? I do actually. Just right after this, I'm going out for uh, for a bit of a run because you know what, uh, Fred? At my age, everything hurts. It's it, it <laughs> right. I go out and run in the, on these warm days, and finally, everything's kind of loose and feeling good. I'm so, laughing. Uh, I'm laughing because yesterday I played golf. It was feels like 35 or 36 in the afternoon, and my partner used to be our business manager here. He's uh, 79. And I'm 63, and that's what I said to him. I said, because it was really hot. You know, you're sweating and your shirt's wet. But I thought, you know, I said to him, this actually makes me feel better. It's like a, a natural 
uh, mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory. But I'm not yeah. running. I put. I mean, I did like I don't know ten thousand steps playing golf. Yeah. But let's get to uh, what we uh, want to talk to you about. Which is, by the way, first of all, all right. hi. I haven't seen you in a while. Because hey. I know you're I, busy. You're busy trying to get boron out of planet Earth, which is not easy. As uh, you've told us before, there's only a few places on the earth where it's commercially viable. And uh, exactly. Aaron Ventures, a.k.a. Boron One Holdings, Inc. Exactly. Uh, what, oh, where are we at in the process? Maybe you can give, give two, two things. I'm going to leave you to it. Number one, yeah. why is Boron so important? And number two, where are we at in the process of getting it out of the ground? Yeah, sure. Okay, number one, dead simple. Boron is really important because... Everything around you that we use here in modern life today has boron in it, uh, period. Um, That screen you're presumably staring into right now is about 12% boron. Uh, The reason why the glass... Where is it in focus now? The yeah. reason why the glass on these uh, cell phones don't break every single time you drop them um, is because, again, they're about 12 to 15 percent boron, which gives them strength. It, it, uh, but it's all around us in, in everyday life. The ceramic tiles under our feet, the fiberglass insulation in our walls, the solar panels on our roof, the fiber optic cable that's running this show all depend on boron. When you jump in your car, um, the reason why it's got a five-star crash rating today, basically every car that exists now has a five-star crash rating because the steel is boron carbide steel, and it's like five times stronger than regular steel. Um, boron is essential for the food we grow. It's it's, uh, But it, yeah, to here now today in, 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 in this world we live in, uh, uh, the buzzword on everybody's lips is decarbonization. Mm-hmm. It's how we get off fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. And boron is absolutely essential um, every direction you turn for decarbonization. Solar panels, you need boron. Rechargeable batteries, boron. Uh, nuclear energy, boron. Hydrogen fuel cells, boron. Um, making our, our buildings more energy efficient, you need boron. Um, so in every single way, a single wind turbine, offshore wind turbine, uses five tons of boron. So boron is absolutely critical if we're going to decarbonize, if we're going to get off fossil fuels. And for that reason, um, of course, demand for boron has gone through the roof and price of boron has gone through the roof um, because, as you alluded to at the top, um, there's literally one handful of boron mines in the entire world, of which we've got one of them. So um, it's extremely rare in economic uh, uh, quantities, although it's absolutely essential to how we operate uh, our modern life these days. Um, so th- this is this is why it's important, how it's important to. to well, what about the sec- What about the second part of the question? Like, yeah. you, where are you yeah. got? Where is Boron One Holdings Inc. in the process of getting it out of the ground? I know you have, uh, you've been at it a long time. Where are we at? Yes. So the good news is is that. We have uh, finished the hard, slow, expensive, high-risk work, which is proving up a deposit. Um, for uh, uh, every, depends on whose numbers you read, uh, on average, about every three to 5,000 deposits of any sort of material in the world that are explored, 
one of them becomes come, becomes a mine. So your chances of finding an economic deposit of anything is really, really rare. Um, we're beyond that. We now have an economic deposit, and we've turned the corner and have started the development process. Um, and so that is also, you know, it's long enough and slow enough to be sure, but it's it, uh, um, the, the project has substantially been de-risked by that point because you've done the you know the 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 real hard part which is finding an economic deposit of something um and so we are now going through that development cycle we've um put all the pieces together um and are going through the permitting process with the uh the government right now and uh um and getting ready to uh to do the actual build out of the mine so you know fingers crossed if everything stays on schedule and falls together end to end as uh as we hope it will um we could be in production um by uh about the second half of of 2026 so about three years from um and that's one of the reasons when we talk about the company on the show which we do every day is uh i always recommend people check it out um you know because it's not every day you get an opportunity to see what's going on or invest in a company that as you say it's not easy getting this stuff out of the ground and and as you've been educating us over the last year or so that when you find a deposit it's not a matter of if it's coming out of the ground, it's a matter of when it's coming out of the ground. And that's a pretty good opportunity to put into somebody's portfolio. Sure. Yeah. You know, obviously there's risks at, you know, every stage of, of uh, development with, with every company and mining is no different. Um, but certainly, you know, you've, you've mitigated a tremendous amount of the risk. Once you get, you know, to like what we call bankable feasibility study stage, which is, that you know, basically, you've you've developed uh, a study um, that um, uh, 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 that plans out you know the design and construction and the beneficiation, meaning the upgrade of the material and who you're going to sell it to and how you're going to finance it and so on and so forth. So, so once you're at that stage, you know you've 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 blueprinted uh, every step along the path. Um, right through to it being a going concern mine. So you've, you've tremendously uh, uh, reduced the uh, okay. level of risk uh, going forward. And so, um, um, yeah, at, at each step and, and uh, at each step, you you uh, have um, you're, you're one step closer to a going concern operation and, and one step uh, further away from, you know, all the risks of being behind you. Um, but in our case, the one thing that is not really congruent uh, is that normally uh, with anything in life, as um, as the level of, of risk um, that decreases and as um, you near that point of, of being positively cash flowing, you expect that uh, uh, your potential returns probably uh, drop accordingly. In other words, you know, risk and return are inversely related. As something has more risk, uh, uh, you expect. Yeah, I get that. The, that the, 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 closer you, the closer you get to the end point, the less the return because there's right. less risk involved. Freddie, ra- exactly. help me wrap but this up. In our case, right, as we sit today, um, and this is, you know, one of the, the you know, the quirks of uh, – 
of the stock markets is is that they are not you know perfect all knowing animals that sure. some people try to you know attribute to them. And I know in our case, even though um, I, I would certainly uh, suggest that our uh, level of risk has. Uh, has dropped substantially uh, over the last year or two or three or four, uh, still the potential returns have have not um, because um, we're trading at the same sort of price levels that, that, that we were, you know, several years back, so which is, a, you know, a, a source of frustration for us internally. Um, but I think, you know, tremendous opportunity for okay. investors. Well, you know, it, the whole concept is fascinating. And again, it's, I mean, People like you that, you know, can part of these undertakings and then we listen and appreciate what's involved. It's uh, it's something else. Um, it's not an easy road. Listen, Timmy, we appreciate it. Boron Holdings Inc. is the uh, is where you find out more. AaronVentures.com as well. And uh, I, I, I'm going to send you a, a note, but are you available for me? Just hanging out Moose Jaw Styles like Friday? Yeah, sure. I, I know you, you, can, you can say no, but we've been trying to get together for a while now. But I'm just going to send you a note. Know, know Friday morning. I know you're Mr. Italy, but uh, don't forget, you know, you know, you know where I used to grow, uh, where I used to live. So come on over to Henry Street on Friday morning. Exactly. Thanks, pal. Uh, we'll talk right, to you soon. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Hey, Tim buddy, Daniels. Take it easy. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy who's got way more shit to think about in a day than you and I. You know, we're you know he's got stuff Are you in his. Me? Oh, come on, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, my biggest issue today is why are my petunias not growing outside? Can't figure yeah. it out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Why aren't they? I don't. It's too know. hot. Doll That's seems why. to think that they got some frost early in the season. I don't. Doll just knows stuff. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, let me just say uh, Dan Duran is back. He's a great fellow. Um, mm-hmm. Are you texting? In the I'm show texting right him. Now? I'm texting him. Oh, okay. Dan, not you, the other fellow that was just there. Dan, these when yeah. when it comes to clients, there are no rules. Okay, I got it. I, I didn't know you. It just looked like you were taking time out of the show to text yeah, let me, somebody. Yeah, just you know, okay. clients are our giants. Okay, what he just said. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the clients are the reason he can even buy a bubble chicken. Okay, god damn it. <laughs> uh, thanks. How to can Paul. you buy a bubble chicken for twenty bucks? Pardon me, sir. What, what, how did you buy a bubble chicken for twenty bucks? Twenty, twenty-two bucks, or whatever it was you said. You talking no, to me? You got it at the Portuguese place. I got a. What do you think that so best Portuguese chicken is free? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. You get a bubble because you get chicken and then you get all the stuff with it. Potatoes and rice and olives. And oh, it's a takeout thing. I thought you meant like at the 7-Eleven or something. No, no, Dan. I've best Portuguese, which you've had and enjoyed on several occasions. Uh, Much worse. Very much worse. A couple of weeks ago, the place near me. Uh, where I get my jerk chicken, it's great. And where Indian delights, where I get my Indian. I went over and then I didn't wasn't sure what I was going to get. And then I noticed in behind, and I had forgot about this Portuguese chicken place. I think it's called International Portuguese Chicken. I thought, you know what? Change of pace. I'm going to go in there and order a dinner. I think it was about 18 bucks. Hey, fuck, it was awful. It was awful. Really? It's too bad. Oh, it was awful, Howard. The chicken was dry. The potatoes had a weird taste to them. The rice was just flat, like... Really disappointed. Well, the next time you're in my going back. Well, next time you're in the neighborhood and you wanted to get one of your pies, go to BPC. It's right across the street from the pie the pie place. And I've had it. 
It's so good. Uh, listen, we got to go. I have another show to do. Dan Duran, um, we'll look forward to maybe seeing you tomorrow night. I don't know. There's a lot, yeah, lot well, going on in the Dan Duran world. You can't nail him is, down. Yeah, much planning about he's got a He's got work to do. He's off visiting a rocket pad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> tomorrow is our uh, email show. We're going to be uh, baking that fresh for you. We're doing a brand new show tomorrow, which will feature the retirement Sherpa. And uh, thanks to uh, Paul Romanuk, Tim Daniels, Dan Duran, and uh, everybody who participated in today's broadcast. Dan? This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got tomorrow's email show coming up. You can win some Palma Pasta. Humble and Fred at Humble and Fred Radio com. Tell us what you think. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does writing reviews. So say something. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, sex swings don't seem to be on the Amazon Prime sale, but they are surprisingly affordable. Check it out. Launch pads are cool. And enjoy every goddamn day. Get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's that?